Share comments with Shadow of His Wings Ministry at 210-887-9007 or online at shadowofhiswingsministry.com. Love has done its part And let Him reign in my life and my heart Love has done its part Welcome to Healing Hidden Wounds with Lee and Shea Preston, directors of Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We pray those who feel forgotten by Christ or who don't feel worthy to call upon the name of Jesus can come to find His hope, His grace, His healing, and ultimately, His love. Let's listen in as Lee and Shay seek to offer real answers to life's tough questions. Well, good evening. We are glad that you're here tonight. Uh, again, you're listening to Lee and Shay with Healing Hidden Wounds Radio. And yes, we are sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. Uh, we formed Shadow of His Wings Ministry about, uh, man, it's been probably about eight years ago. Uh, it's a ministry that uh, we felt like God laid on our hearts to offer hope to the helpless and healing to the brokenhearted, and that's what we uh, seek to do tonight. We're just glad you're here. Uh, we do try to offer real answers to life's tough questions, and tonight we're going to talk about a difficult topic. It's uh, the topic of sexual assault, uh, rape, otherwise known as. And uh, and so we know it's a difficult topic. It's a hard topic. Uh, it's oftentimes very painful. And uh, But we just want to kind of open up a dialogue about uh, just what happens when someone has been raped or what happens when a sexual assault occurs. And... Uh, oftentimes even trying to figure out at some point, uh, maybe discussing what, what do you do as a Christian person who's been sexually assaulted? Uh, where is God? Uh, what does God do for me in this? Uh, where was he? Uh, some of those questions are, are difficult because sometimes a person wants to understand why did this happen to me? And uh, so that's what we're going to try to have some dialogue tonight about is just uh, the the hurts, the pains, the brokenness of, of rape and sexual assault and what it does to a person and not only what it does, but what it takes away. And so we're just glad you're joining us. Uh, we uh, are Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We have a website, www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com. And we'd love to have you join uh, just our our web page and look around, see what you see. We offer some podcasts where we talk about some difficult issues there as well. We also have a blog where we write about some some difficult issues. And um, you may wonder, wow, why do these people always talk about difficult issues? Well, we feel like uh, God is even in the more broken areas of people's lives and you know, maybe you don't have this brokenness. Maybe you don't have the brokennesses that we've talked about, whether it's sexual brokenness or, or, or rape or or homosexual sin in your life. But the bottom line there is, is that if you don't have them, someone you know might. And we do want to be the hands and the feet and the heart of Jesus. So that's our desire, is to help people who might feel neglected or might feel like they just don't fit in church. We'd like them to hear that they do fit, and we have a place for them. So we're glad you're listening. Yes, Shay. Well, and a lot of times you can surround yourself by, I mean, you can have people all around you, but um, 
sometimes it's those things that you need to talk about that no matter how many people are around, you don't feel like you can say a thing. Absolutely. And that's why we like to do it, because I've been there. I've been there where I've had questions and I've had hurts and pains in my heart and not really felt like I was able to share them. I always felt like I had to say the the good things. People don't want to hear, you know, these kinds of things. Sure. And that uh, beautiful voice there is my wife, Shay. I haven't said hello to her tonight yet. Hello, Shay. We're glad <laughs> well, you're here. Well, we rode in together, and he didn't say hello to me. I but. know. I ignored her the whole way here, <laughs> but now I'm saying hello. But uh, Well, that, hello. That was her, and uh, we hope that you can tell that our voices are getting better and that the cedar is uh, hopefully going down and our voices are going up. And A so, little bit. So we're feeling uh, pretty uh, pretty on top of things tonight. We hope that uh, we'll continue. We are a call-in show. You're welcome uh, to call in. Let me give you a local number. It's 210-340-9585. In case you have any comments or questions, um, it is our, it's our intent to make this a safe place to talk. You certainly don't have to share your real name, you don't have to share any identifying information, but uh, if you have some hurts and you have some pain that you'd like to talk about or you'd like to uh, even ask a question about or get some advice, we'll try to help the best we can. So we are going to dive in. I'm going to pray first because I'd like to pray just for those who might be listening. Father, I, I do pray again. We prayed earlier, but I'm going to pray again for just anyone who might be listening who's had a sexual assault in their life. And that can be a childhood assault, that can be uh, a teenager assault, it can be something that happens in our adult years. And yet, Father, I just pray for their hearts right now. I pray for what they've been through, and this and may be either male or female, uh, people who've had broken sexuality in their lives, someone who forced their broken sexuality on you. I just pray, Jesus, for those people, because I just pray that they know even when they sometimes may feel that there's no one that understands this, there's no one that understands what they've gone through, I just pray that they remember that there's a Savior who understands all things. There's a a Jesus that understands everything they felt, everything they've gone through, and I just pray that you'd help us to show that to them tonight, Lord. I thank you for meeting us here, for meeting us in the presence of those people listening. And may you draw those to the radio that need to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we are going to jump in and and talk a little bit about rape Um, tonight. uh, I'm actually going to to do my best to interview Shay. Uh, Shay experienced a rape in her lifetime. And uh, we are going to just kind of dive in and tiptoe around it. because it is a difficult issue, and we want to just take our time and walk through it. And uh, so I'm just going to kind of open it up with uh, tell us a little bit about where you were in your life at the at, in the moment that uh, this hit your life. Well, at this point in my life, I was um, had just graduated from high school. Um, you know, I mean, people think that when you graduate from high school, you're you know, you're uh, ready to conquer the world. I don't know if I was ready to conquer the world. I was uh, kind of, you know, a loner uh, at the time, but uh, I did have some close friends. 
And so um had just gotten an apartment, and so I was living on my own, and um, that's kind of where I was in my life. Does that answer? That's answered. That answers it. So you were pretty young, huh? You were just a, a young adult, somewhere between the age of 18 and 19, something like that. Oh, yes. And and tell me a little bit about what you said earlier about that particular time in a person's life. I thought that was pretty special. Well, I don't know if I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, you had said that, you know, just as you were exiting high school and you, like you said earlier, you were, you're not sure you had it all together and ready to go out on your own, but it was a, it was kind of a new time. It was like a transition from high school moving into young adulthood and, and you were feeling like, wow, I've got kind of everything ahead of me here. And then this particular thing happens and what it kind of did to your, your hopes and dreams of trying new things and being, being different now that I'm out of high school. Well, I guess I want to share one thing before, you know, before I really do this. I just, I want to express to people that this isn't easy. Amen. Um, it is a difficult thing. It's been years. But it is difficult because it's a place where you are allowing people into your heart. Amen. And so, um, you know, I just, I guess I just want to express that, that it's kind of a difficult thing. So if anybody's, any prayers out there that are prayer warriors, you know, you can just say a little prayer because it is difficult. And it's difficult. I also want it to be received in a way that anybody that needs to hear it will will find hope because there is hope. There was a time when it didn't feel like there was hope. I mean, I was at a place where um, at the time in my life I... Uh, smoked and I was smoking pot all the time and, you know, I was just kind of happy-go-lucky, you know, just, um, I'd work and then I just did a lot of smoking weed, <laughs> you know, and, um, so, so this, when this happened, you know, this, this, uh, this person broke into my apartment in the middle of the night. And, um, it just made such a change and an impact in my life that nothing would ever be the same. Yeah. And it, it's, it's probably necessary to talk a little bit about the different kinds of rape. I mean, there can be stranger rape, which is what you went through. Sure. Where someone breaks into your apartment, you didn't know who he was. Exactly. Uh, and yet there can also be rape situations where it may be somebody that you know. Um, we'll talk a little bit more next week about childhood sexual assault, which is when a child is sexually assaulted, either by a family member or someone they know. Uh, but there are also different types of rape. There's date rape, uh, where a person feels coerced into having sex, um, and then sometimes there's acquaintance rape, where it's just someone that you know. It's not that you're really dating them, but before you know it, something goes awry and a rape occurs. 
And yet tonight we're talking about stranger rape, which is what happened. Well, and I just want to interject something here is, you know, just for somebody that has been through a rape, I want you to know, and I've worked with a lot of women that have have been through rape, uh, incest, abuse, you know, all kinds of uh, sexual, you know, things that can happen. And I just express, I express to them all the time that, you know what, nobody's story is better or worse than yours. Absolutely. You know, well, I didn't, at least I didn't have this, or at least I this didn't happen to me. No, you know what, the impact of rape and the impact of whether it's a date rape or if it's somebody you didn't know or if it's somebody you did know or or what, it's the impact does not change. It does not change what it does in your life. That's right, and the pain cannot be compared. You know, the pain is pain, and so it, it's every per- person's pain is is legitimate and is unique, regardless of what they've gone through. Right. I appreciate you pointing that out. I just know that with different types of rape, that people may be able to understand it a little bit more. You know, like somebody that's that has had, um, you know, had been raped by a stranger can probably relate more to the story that I would be sharing versus um, somebody with date rape. Sure. Sure. But the impact on the heart and the soul is is no different. That's absolutely, and the many of not all, but many of the feelings are very similar: of shame, of feeling dirty, of feeling out of control, like something like I have no control over my life, I have no control over what happened. Those are very familiar feelings in all the situations of rape. Right. Well, tell us a little bit about what happened that night. Well, uh, <laughs> whatever you, I, want. you know, I have to, I always start off with well. Um, I have to really think about what to share. For one, um, you know, I was thinking earlier, I was thinking that it's so difficult to share a story about this, about what's happened to you, because sharing it brings up so many um, crazy feelings, you know. It's like, you know, I was really questioning why do I have a hard time sharing what happened, and sometimes I wonder, do people really want to know? Does it really, is it important? Um, but I also realize that I have a hard time with it because when this happened to me, it was pretty much that I was not able to share uh, what had happened to me. With anyone afterwards, after the fact. Right. I was, I met up with some, some negative comments you know, from family members and, and, um, comments like, uh, like I did something to deserve it. Yeah. Which happens a lot with rape survivors. Is, you know, you which be. is, you know, I mean, and I still have to interject here because, you know, I, um, you know, somebody that a total stranger that breaks into my apartment, you know, it's, 
I don't know. You know, I don't know why people say things like that, but people do. I think people react to rape differently, you know, whether it's a parent or a sibling or a spouse or, you know, what it may be. Sometimes it's just anger that comes out, you know, that says things like that. You know, I don't know if this person honestly really meant that they thought I had done something to deserve it. Um but at the time, it was, it had, it made a, a big impact on my life. Sure. And so, you know, it was basically from that point on, I'm, I mean, outside of going to the police station and, you know, and going through the preliminary hospital stuff and, and, and the police station, you know, you go through that. After that, it was, I don't remember talking to anybody about it. But what happened was, um i was i woke up in the middle of the night and i was woken by uh a man that he he pushed my head over to the side and he had a knife obviously at my throat and uh and he he told me that i needed to take the pillowcase off of my pillow and put it over my head and from from that point on um you know, it was just hours. It was just the entire night. Uh, this happened on the 4th of July. And for every year after the 4th of July, I know that people have like anniversary dates sometimes. And sometimes, the, you know, it's, it's a date you always remember. Sure. Well, mine was the 4th of July. And so from that point on, the 4th of July was just a horrible, horrible time in my life. It isn't any longer. Amen. Um, but but for a long time it was. And you know we we skipped over. We didn't talk a whole lot about the the negative effects about like you said about why does somebody say you know well maybe you did something to cause it. Um, but I wanted to just stop there for just a second because <clears throat> that can be. One of the most hurtful things is when people don't really know what to say after someone's been raped. They're afraid themselves or they're uh, trying to make sense of it because it, fear sometimes causes people to go, I don't ever want that to happen to me. And so if I can look at her situation and see what she did to cause this. Sometimes it's a family member who's just angry that it happened and they don't deal well with it happening. So they just get angry and they just want to accuse because you must have done something to cause this because it just doesn't happen. And I just really want to, you know, just, I guess, help listeners understand and, and maybe even talk a little bit about just the devastation of what happens when when family or friends don't know how to handle a rape. You know what what does it do to the survivor when everybody's on their you know on this behavior where that nobody really talks about it, nobody says anything about it. We all just act like it goes away. It kind of reemphasizes to the survivor that. There's something well, I, wrong with me, and they don't want to even talk well, about it. Well, it's even more than that. I think it also, it just compounds the shame on your life, you know, because it's it says, well, they don't want to talk about it because it's shameful. You know, I'm, I mean, you're already dealing with 
you're already dealing with, you know, horrible feelings of shame and over what's happened. And then, you know, if nobody wants to talk about it, the people that love you and the people that care about you and, and all of that, then, well, they must be ashamed of me also. And it just causes you to feel even more shame and you just get kind of buried underneath shame. And you already don't know how to process it yourself because you're the one trying to figure out what the heck just happened. And nobody wants to talk about it, so you can't make sense out of it. They obviously don't know how to make sense out of it. And it feels like it just kind of hangs in the air. Well, and truthfully, I mean, you do want it to go away. Sure. You know, it's not like, oh, you know, I want to I want to really sit and I want to talk about this. You know, but really... Today, I know that that's the best thing you can do. Sure. I mean, it was not until I was able to talk about it and I was able to express my anger and my hurt and my, my, just my feelings, you know, um, so it is the best thing. So, you know, for me, I guess, you know, if you're, uh, if you're, if you have a family member that that's happened to, I would just encourage, you know, not make them talk about it. But but at least be willing to. And maybe I think what's helpful is to leave that door open. You know, we're here and we want to talk about it. And, you know, it's probably best to talk about it. So when you're ready, just know we're willing to talk about it. You know, kind of leaving that that the option to be for the for the person who's been raped but reminding them that we're here and it probably is going to be best for you to talk a little bit about it at some point. Right. And if you don't want to talk to us, we'll find you someone to talk to. But but to just say, just to act like it didn't happen kind of says, we don't know what to do with you now, right. which can make a, a rape survivor, maybe like you felt, feel all that much more alone. And so we are coming up on a break. Uh, if you're interested in, in sharing a story, maybe your, your own uh, story, or if you have questions about rape or sexual assault, uh, you're welcome to call in. We have our local number is 210-340-9585. And you're joining us this evening. We're talking about sexual assault and rape Um and it's just uh, kind of delving in. Uh, Shay is telling her story, and I'm blessed by her story. And I'm just, uh, I'm just hoping that it will touch someone tonight who, who maybe just needs to have some hope that, you know, a person can come through it. Because I won't tell everyone how old Shay is, but, but she's come a long way. And this happened way back when, when, when she was, uh, around 18 or 19. And I just, I just am impressed because I look at her because I see what she's gone through and I see the power of healing in her life. And so definitely healing can take place. You may be feeling alone right now and not knowing who to turn to and you're welcome to call in and share your story. When we come back, you will be listening to a song that was especially uh, important to Shay through her healing. And uh, you'll listen to it, and then we'll join you in just a little while. Our number is 210-340-9585. My life and my heart, your love has done its part. Now let him reign my life and my heart, your love has done its part. Now 
Well, welcome back, and that was uh, that was one of Shay's uh, favorite songs, and uh, has a lot of meaning. 
and we are talking about sexual assault tonight. We're looking at a little bit of Shay's story and also hoping to help those who might uh, have gone through a sexual assault. And we just uh, we hope that you will uh, call in. Uh, our number is 210-340-9585. I think we have uh, someone on the air. Uh, hi, Austin. I think you called in. Hi, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Maybe maybe I didn't call at the right time. I just caught the tail end of your program, and all I heard was stuff about situations needing healing and, and maybe sharing your story, and I thought, well, that's for me. But well, uh, I, don't, I, I haven't had sexual assault. Well, that's okay. Say. Go ahead and share your story. Tell us what you'd like us to hear tonight. All right. Well, about four years ago, I uh, started getting uh, headaches uh, that kind of since then has basically uh, spread around my head. I have symptoms all over the place. Uh have to keep the lights down, not use my eyes too much. They really aggravate my eyes. And um, I, I've come to the conclusion recently, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm right, but that maybe that was because I was putting um, chess uh, before God. I was I was distracted by a game and not really putting his, his kingdom first, his will first. And uh, I ended up actually hurting my back uh, trying to treat my headaches and uh, sprained it in a couple of places and and uh, the doctors haven't have been able to be real real helpful with things uh, it's not healing according to the timeline that, that's expected so I kind of I, I spend my time on on my sides and uh, basically what I what I'm mostly able to do is enjoy the radio so that's been a real blessing. I have a remote control radio. It's it's been a great blessing, and I um, I think I hurt. I'm thinking that maybe I hurt my back because I had despised the the Lord's discipline with the first uh, affliction. I I would often get angry and uh, and and result in in blasphemy. I would I would just say evil things against God and not worry too much about what He might do. And, so now I'm in kind of a tough situation, but I'm still praying for healing. Well, you know, Austin, uh, we would be glad to pray for you. Uh, the one thing I know is is that in my heart, I believe that um, if we have gotten angry at God, if we've gotten frustrated about things that we're going through and hurts in our life, um, I think he's quick and, and eager to forgive. And so I hope that you will uh, will. Ask him for forgiveness, and I know that he will grant it to you uh, for whatever you've been angry about. Certainly, if you have headaches and uh, and pains that don't seem to go away, sometimes chronic pain can cause a lot of frustration. But I think the Lord loves to try and understand our frustrations. So I pray. Uh, I'm just going to pray for you. Okay. Thank you. I'd appreciate that a lot. Well, Father, I do pray for Austin, and uh, obviously you had uh, some something happen tonight where you uh, allowed him to hear us and call in. And so Shay and I and, and Mark, we joined together in praying for this, uh, for this man and for his pains and for his hurts, and I just pray for truth into the places of his heart. I think he's seeking, of trying to figure out, he's seeking what has caused it, and the places in his in his life that has caused this pain of his headaches and of now his back and and I can understand that he's pretty frustrated and so I pray for even his frustration because it must be frustrating to lay in bed and not get any relief so I pray for relief I also pray for truth I pray truth in the places of his headache truth in the places of his pain 
And I thank you that he will not listen to maybe what he's always heard, but he will find some, some new thing. That Jesus, you would offer him a new, a new perspective on his pain. Because you do want to step into that place and you want to offer him something new. And I pray for it. I thank you for helping him and for healing him, but also reminding him of how much you love him and you understand his frustration. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for calling in, Austin. I appreciate your call. You're welcome. Bye. Well, we're going to get back to now a little bit of discussion. <clears throat> Just going to talk a little bit more about sexual assault. Um, you know, what do you think, Shay, was one of the most difficult things for you to heal from in this perspective, and, and, and when, when the rape occurred? When the rape occurred or when as I As you were healing, healing, as you began to heal, what do you think, as you began to have to process the rape, as you began to have to look back on it? Because sometimes it is easier to just forget it or try to forget it, even though it doesn't go away very easily. But what was one of the most difficult stumbling blocks or one of the most difficult things to try to get through? I think it was my self-image. I think it was who I was. Um, I think that's why that song, uh, that's why that song made such an impact in my life. Sure. Because of, you know, if, if you, if you didn't really listen to it, you know, just go back and listen to it again. Look it up. It's, it's not pretty enough by Casey Chambers, you know, but it, it says, am I not pretty enough? Is my heart too broken? Do I cry too much? Do I laugh too much? Am I too outspoken? You know, it's not in those orders, in those order, but you know, the thing is, I think I questioned everything about myself because I was so unsure about who I was and I just didn't know what to do. You know, I think anger was, I would say for me, anger was probably the easiest thing for me to express because I could be angry. I don't know that I could, well, I say I don't know that. I should rephrase that and say, I know that I was not able to express anger at what I was really angry at. Sure. I was able to express anger at people. And not like people. And I'm angry at you just because of whatever. Sure. Just angry. You know, but if I, you know, when it really came down to it, when I, when I did get to a place where I started talking about it, you know, to talk about my anger at what had happened to me and to talk about the, at the anger, to talk about the anger at, Things that people said, you know, that, that's the hard anger to talk about. Because you have to look at, so what is that saying about me? And if that is saying that about me, what do I think about me? And that's why I say that was the hardest step, was to look at who I see myself as. Do I see myself as what I've heard people say? Do I, do I see myself as the way other people would view me? Like if I were to sit here and go through and tell my entire story, you know, and my fear that I expressed in the beginning about, 
you know, what would people think? Sure. You know, sometimes I still worry about that. Yeah. And you still worry about it because it brings up that old wound. And, you know, you know, I do know that I have healed from my rape. It does not affect me. Amen. It does not affect me the way it, the way it did in the past. Do I still feel? Yes. Do I still, on the 4th of July, remember that that's what happened? Yes. And somehow there may still be a scar there. It's not necessarily a wound, but there's a scar because it says, because rape is a life-changing event. It does change you, uh, and it, and it causes some broken places in who you believe you are. True. It, it questions you. It questions and it causes, I mean, it really does shake your, shake your foundation in who you are. Well, because I really want people to kind of begin to grasp, or even if you've been through it, to grasp that when a trauma thing like that happens, whether it was, <clears throat> regardless of the situation of the actual rape, it says, why did this happen to me? Mm-hmm. Why did it happen to me? Whether it was a stranger rape, why did, what happened? Why did it happen to me? Or whether it was a date rape, why did he do this to me? This was supposed to be somebody I could trust. And so we begin to try to look at, if it happened to me, then what did I do wrong? And so if I did something wrong, then it's all my fault. But then if I can't find that I did anything wrong, then it's like, so there's a kind of a greater question that says, so, so why me? Why would this happen to me? And sometimes that shakes the foundation of a person. True. Because all they can see is, is, well, it happened to me. And as much as they try not to blame themselves, it's like woulda, coulda, shoulda. If I'd done this, or maybe if I'd done that, or maybe if I'd done this, or maybe if I'd never done that, then it wouldn't have happened. But the crazy thing is, is that only leads to well, it must be something I could have done to stop it. And sometimes you just have to realize that rape is a senseless act that occurs that doesn't make sense, but it shakes your foundation. Right. And that, and it, and it continues to shake your foundation. Well, and it's at some point after the process of, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, you know, did I think any of those things? And I don't know that I thought any of those things at that time. Okay. I think, that, and I'm not saying I didn't. Right, I got okay? you. I'm saying that I don't, I don't remember thinking any of those things. I, I think at the time I just really did not see it as something that I could talk with anybody about. And, and maybe it was through the process of the questions at the police station and the hospital and all of that. I mean, you know, cause you go through this barrage of, Questions and testing and, and physical, you know, physical tests and stuff like that. And, um, and maybe that does, you know, raise some questions in your mind. But I, but I think that, I think that at some point the questions do come though. And what do you think the only answer at the time you came up with? What do you think it was? 
the question of... Why me? Do you remember anything about that? No. I mean, I don't. I don't remember... I don't remember coming up with anything. And so the majority of the, the the trouble that you ran into was really more what do my fam- what does my family think of this? Cuz they're not saying anything. They're not they don't really want to bring it up. Nobody really wants to talk about it. So I'm kind of all on my own here cuz they must either be upset with me or ashamed of me or probably did not know how to talk <clears throat> about it. Um I would imagine and what did that do to you on the inside? It just made me feel like they didn't care. Okay. It just made, I mean, it just made me feel like they didn't care. Okay. And that's the, that's what we're trying to get to is the hurts. The hurts of what do people do sometimes when an assault occurs? It's do they ignore it and then it makes people feel that it doesn't care? Or do they ask too many questions to the point where somebody says, I don't want to talk about it anymore? But I I just remember a phrase that somebody said one time, the longer you keep it to yourself, the harder it is to make it go away. Sure. And I just wish that I could rewind the clock and I could have been there and I would have said, (laughs) you know, honey, I want to know. I want to know what happened. Sure. Sure. And I want to talk about it because, you know, nobody really knows what to do, but doing nothing doesn't really help. Right. And so if you have had a loved one that's been assaulted or or you are that loved one, you know, it's okay to tell somebody, I need to talk about this. Don't let me not talk about it. You know, but be there for me. And some days I don't want to talk about it. I don't press me. But some days come to me and say, I do want to talk about it. And I'm ready to talk to you about it when you're ready. Because the harder, the longer you keep it to yourself, the harder it is to make it go away. Sure. We are a call-in show. You're welcome to call in if you'd like at 210-340-9585. We're talking about sexual assault and rape tonight. Um, you know, one of the big questions I have, I mean, just, I know this may not have been a question for you at the time of the rape, but as you went through your healing, <clears throat> what does someone who, who has a relationship with the Lord, what do you, what is he, what is, what do they, what do they say to him about what, what has happened? Where does he fit? What do they say to him? Yeah, I mean, I would suspect if it were me, I'd be like, what the heck were you thinking, God? Why didn't you do something? Or why didn't you stop this? Or, you know, where were you? Or why did it, you allow this to happen to me? I mean, those are the things I guess I, maybe I have a twisted mind, but that's the first thing I think of is, you know what, God, why? So you're saying what what questions would they have for God? Or Or what do they do with those questions? If those are their questions... How do you reconcile this with a God who, and I realize there's so many different answers, but how do you, how do you walk down that path with, with how do I figure this out with God? Where was he? Why did it happen? Well, I think you certainly ask those questions to God. 
explain that a little bit. Talk, let's walk through that. When, well, when somebody says, ask those questions, you know, is it okay? Does he get upset? Well, because um, behind the question of where were you, God, is anger. Sure. It's anger, and it's saying, you know, where were you, God? I mean, I was there, you know, fearing for my life, and where were you? You know? I mean, of, of anybody else, that nobody else could be there, but you, God, could be there, and you could have changed the situation. Amen. You know, but why didn't you? You know, and I know the answers that I that I would say that God would want me to know today. Sure. But that's not what I would have heard back then because I wasn't open to hearing anything back then. Sure. Well, and that's why I wanted to talk about it is because sometimes we as even Christians put pretty Christian uh, statements on rape and we just say, oh, well, you know, everything happens for a reason or... God works all things together for good. And sometimes to rape survivor, that feels like uh, a thorn stuck right in their heart. You know, it's like, sure. oh, wow, so I'm supposed to let all this work together for my good? Yeah. You know, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about a father out there whose daughter was raped, you know, and, and he wants to come out of his chair and go hunt the guy down, you know. Sure. And so what does he do? Yeah. You know, he says, I'm ma- I'm mad. I want somebody to pay. You know, don't tell me, God, that, that, you know, you were somehow working all things together for good. This is my kid. And I feel a little bit that as a husband. I'm thinking, you know, I wish I'd been there, you know, and I, and I'm a little bit frustrated even right now to say, you know, why did you allow this to happen to my wife? Why did you allow it to happen back then? After all, you know, the dreams she had and the things she'd gone through already, why did you allow this to happen? And I think those are honest questions, and I guess I'm just wanting to throw those out because if you have survived a rape, if you have, if you're a family member, you may want to talk to somebody because it's, it's okay to ask those, those crazy questions of, okay, Lord, you know, where were you? What did happen? Why did you allow this? Because I think he's very capable of handling the hard questions, um, and I and I've watched you in your recovery, and I've seen him give you the hard answers. Sure. And they have healed you. But I just want to encourage people who might be listening: if you if you stop asking the questions because you're afraid of, well, Jesus is going to get mad at me, or you know, oh, I can't really ask these questions because if I ask them, you know, somebody might be upset with me or or I'll have some good Christian parent who comes in and says, now you know it's not good to be mad at God. You know, he works all things together for your good. You know, I watched you in your journey and it was sometimes being angry and sometimes just being angry at the world and being angry that this happened. And those are okay places to be. Well, because I, I learned that, you know what, guess what? God knows how angry I am at him. Amen. You know, he knows if I'm angry at him. He knows, you know, there was a time when I hated God, you right. know. Um, but he knew that already. You know, and, you know, as you're sitting there talking and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, you know, I don't have all the answers. I mean, I don't know that in my mind 
I don't know that I can understand why God allowed what happened to me. Sure. I don't know, but I do know that because of it and because of what I went through and because of what I've learned from just from people and just from the way things are, I've learned how great God is and I've learned I think I've gotten to a place in my life where it's unshakable to where to where it truly does not matter what somebody says to me about myself. You know, I mean, I may be concerned and I may care if somebody likes me or doesn't like me or thinks I'm this or that, but it does not change that I know who I am. Amen. And I think that if I hadn't gone through what I went through, and I know this may sound kind of, I don't know, pie in the sky, I guess, but it's truth. If I had not gone and walked where I've walked, I wouldn't love God the way I love him today, and I wouldn't understand him the way I understand him today. And so that's truly being able to say he did work it all together for good. Well, not only that, it also says that he has a plan for my life. He declared that. Amen. And it's not to harm me. Amen. But it's for me to prosper. And just because other people have free will doesn't mean that he harmed me. Amen. It means that they harmed me by their choices. And he can heal that. Yes. And so you may be in a place where you're not even there yet. And I'm talking to those people who may be listening. You may not even be in that place yet. But just remember, if you're not there, keep talking and keep listening. And we'll join you next week. We'll keep talking about rape and sexual abuse next week. You found Christ's hope, healing, and restoration. Shadow of His Wings is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. And this radio show is listener-supported. Please go to www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com to donate if you'd like to support the work we do.